welcome to CP Podcast. My name is Gleb Kanasevich. I am Cantata Profana's uh, core clarinetist and associate artistic director this season, and uh, I will be taking over as the host for this episode. I'm here with CP's core keyboardists, Dan Schlossberg and Lee Dion, uh, and uh, they're here to play a little bit in studio, so we will have some live performances for you, um, and uh, we will talk a little bit about the program that they're cooking up of music for piano four hands uh, coming up on March 5th at Joe's Pub. So it's just really exciting for me to be able to come by here and record this podcast in your rehearsal space uh, and get to talk to you a little bit and hear you play some great music in between. So I would love to hear a little bit about what you're going to be playing, um, what the concept for this fun little program is going to be, um, and maybe even just a, a little bit of background about music for piano for hands. Well, this whole program actually came from the first and only time that Dan and I played Four Hands Together, which was on um, CP's Strange City program uh, in February 2018. Dan and I played this amazing sonatina by Conlon Nankaro for Piano Four Hands. And most of the stuff that Nankaro wrote was actually for player piano. Um, he lived basically in isolation um, in Mexico and uh, he spent most of his days punching player piano rolls by hand um, and writing these insane studies for player piano that were basically only playable by player piano. Um, but they also have a very kind of bluesy aesthetic underneath them. Um, and uh, the sonatina is uh, sort of a piece in this aesthetic, but for two pianists to play. So the whole show kind of came from this idea, but then we were thinking, well, what if we actually play some of the studies, but for four hands, and then starting from that place of being basically totally out there in terms of repertoire, um, what other totally out there four hands rep could we do? Weird guy. We love weird people and showcasing their crazy music. Yeah, so um, Conlon Nancaro, upon returning from the World War II front, uh, having realized that uh, communists were not so welcome in this, in this country, he was a part of the Communist Party, um, decided to move to Mexico. And if I remember correctly, he didn't return to the States until the early 80s, uh, something like 1981 or 1982, uh, to have some music of his played at New Music America Conference or something like that. Um, so the, uh, this whole program stems from uh, from the Nancaro Sonatine, um, and uh, I remember you doing also the uh, cowl arrangement, uh, or I guess not the arrangement, but you kind of like playfully right. interpreted, theatrically interpreted sure, that. Sure, yeah, yeah, this cowl, aeolian, harp piece, which is really just for the single pianist, but we there, there's a component of it inside the piano, so we had one of us inside the piano, etc., we're not going to be reviving that this time, but maybe sometime in the future. Um, so from from Nankero, we thought the next logical composer would be Richard Wagner. You know, they're very much um, akin to one another in every possible way. No, but we were, you know, when we when we were planning this concert, we thought of doing a four hands concert. We besides these really incredible pieces um, by Nankero, 
uh, from the 20th century, you know, we wanted to really trace back the genre to its roots and, and in the 19th century. I mean, it was, a, it was the means of experiencing any kind of orchestral music that was current at the time because people couldn't go see the concerts. Travel was obviously uh, much harder back then and, and more expensive and took longer. So publishers would create editions of um, great orchestral works for four hands so that people in their homes could play with whoever was around at the time, whether it was um, after a, a, a brawl, uh, you know, kind of party night or you kind of just casually. Um, so we wanted to get back at that and actually program some transcriptions that might have been played at the time. transcriptions or are you playing your transcriptions these are actual transcriptions uh from the 19th century um of and and in fact uh tannhäuser which uh we were kind of debating what wagner um overture to do overtures to do and it turns out that he himself created a forehands version of tannhäuser um maybe because uh, he didn't have the money to hire someone or something, but he it was it's a truly incredible transcription, and it really sounds pianistic, very very pianistic. It it it, it resonates so well on the on the piano as we've discovered um, playing it, and we thought that would be a perfect way to bring the concert to a conclusion. Yeah, I think there's actually what what what's really cool about this program is that there are these two components of playing forehands that are really present in every century of music that we're featuring, um, which is the extreme orchestrational component and then also the component of just having fun and playing around um, in your living room with these arrangements. Um, And uh, actually uh, another kind of through line on this program are a series of arrangements of Bach 
organ pieces um, by Kurtag, which are 20th century arrangements. Um, and, uh, you know, these, these pieces down to the notation of which hand of which pianist is playing where at what time um, is just entirely playing into this um, spirit of play and um, intimate conversation between the two musicians, um, and yet also achieving something very magical um, with the actual sound of the instrument in imitating an organ and how Kortag updates this music for a 20th century context. That was Kurtag's arrangement of a Bach's Ulam Gottes Unschuldig for piano four hands. Georgi Kurtag, of course, uh, a legendary Hungarian composer, uh, a few days ago celebrated his 93rd birthday. Uh, happy birthday, Googie. I think from these two extremes um, of just kind of kidding around and then also really striving to translate the voice of, you know, an orchestra or a different instrument to the piano, what emerges is a kind of unique voice for the piano that you don't really get from just hearing a, um, a soloist play something with two hands. And um, I think that that last part of this unique voice is something that you can hear in context even in the 19th century pieces that we're playing that were originally written for four hands, Schubert, Brahms. Um, I think what's great about how these composers wrote for um, piano four hands is just, you know, 
really subtle things like the way that the melody is always doubled in octaves but giving the piano a singing voice that um, is really on kind of a different level that maybe pianists dream of when they play two hands but can't quite get on their own how he treated some of the stops and imitating the stops it was really really good and yeah. it's something you really don't encounter in piano writing very frequently so it's yeah it's it's a very new texture it was something that feels very fresh to the ears so yeah and i and Cortag, as lee was saying was also accessing that kind of not only orchestrational but choreographical um play that was so present in the 19th century. So Brahms and Schubert were acutely aware that there were two people um, at that keyboard. And one of the hallmarks of forehands music of the time was actually having hands cross between the two players so that there's this kind of intimacy that's created. And you actually have to physically touch the other person. So that there's, I mean, there's this kind of eroticism in a way underlying this music that should not be discounted even in the music of especially especially in the music of Schubert and Brahms mm -hmm. and uh, what is uh, speaking of Brahms what is the Brahms that you're doing is, uh, is it a well you know the thing is that um, in in Brahms's output there are so many incredible cycles of piano forehands um, so we haven't even totally decided what we're playing um, but uh, we're trying to just really cherry pick and the thing is that a, a lot of these cycles are just like hit after hit like you'll recognize the tune and then you'll recognize the next tune and it's just he just had a real knack for for this um but i think we're just trying to pick the ones that touch us and fit in cool um so what you're going to hear now is actually um a waltz by brahms uh from his opus 39 waltzes this is the third um of a huge set um it's in g sharp minor and actually these pieces are also arranged for piano two hands but again they really come into their own in this four hands version Aside from the brawl aspect of the <laughs> of the Wagner arrangements, um, anything else exceptionally fun and grotesque and the funny? Pu funny, you should ask yeah. that question. What uh, kind of pub <laughs> music are we gonna? <laughs> I mean, uh, so there is this as 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 is well known. You know, there is this huge. Uh, French-German rivalry in, in opera in particular uh -huh. in the 19th century and Wagner was, was self-declared and otherwise kind of king of opera in Germany, uh, whether people liked it or not. And um, the French, of course, um, loved to hate on Wagner uh, as much as they also probably, um, as we saw in WC, uh, really took a lot from his music, mm -hmm. um, they love to position themselves as the anti-Wagner. And so a genre emerged um, 
following his operas <laughs> that was it was essentially the Wagner parody became a genre and it was specifically for four hands That's and you amazing. had people like Gabriel Fauré and Chabrier writing pieces that were parodies of Wagner and what they did which was so amazing and so brilliant and so hilarious mm-hmm. is that they just cut him down to size you know he thought of himself as this kind of apex of music and apex of genre mm-hmm. and like very serious you know there's no room for humor it's all very like well thought out and heavily written and 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 also i mean so so much of Wagner's magic aside from the harmony is um actually as Jacob at one point pointed out to me right his use of rhythm and the fact that you're always in this like very round 9-8 meter that is just helping to propel the music and just spin out these lines and I think the the number one aspect of this parody is that they're all cast as quadrilles they're just the most square 2-4 meter kind of polka-ish accompaniments that you can possibly get to these themes absolutely so it renders that Wagner ridiculous you know and that was the point they're just like oh well we can make this into a square dance like that's like our prerogative and now we will hear the first piece from souvenir der bayreuth by gabriel Faure and andre messager most likely written under heavy intoxication <laughs> show for hands at joe's pub is coming up on march 5th at 6 30 p.m at joe's pub at the public dan and lee will surely deliver you an exceptionally fun and unforgettable evening of music so be sure to get your tickets at www.cantataprofana.com tickets we hope to see you in a couple weeks on this note this is gleb kanasevich i'm dan schlossberg and i'm lee dion And thank you for listening to CP Podcast. See you next time.